The indigenous cultures of North America are quite different from other parts of the world, and even from each other. While much is shared by cultures across the continent, in many ways the traditional cultures of America are as different from each other as the Spanish, Norwegians, and Turks are in Europe. Yet, from the Atlantic coast, across the Great Plains, and up the rocky shores of British Columbia and Alaska, one creature is consistently found in symbols and stories. The incomparable Thunderbird. Mysterious yet mighty, glorious yet graceful, signs of the Thunderbird are still found across the continent. From stone glyphs marking places across the northeast, to the tops of totem poles in the Pacific Northwest, to the mouths of storytellers across the Great Plains. If one knows where to look, one can surely find the echoes of this amazing creature. And it is precisely because of the differences in these stories that the harmonies shared between them shine through. And we are able to see the many levels of the symbolism behind this amazing creature. My name is Sean. Welcome to Mythos and Logos. Rivers, lakes, and waterfalls are sprinkled throughout the northeastern landscape. In the time before European contact, canoes were also a common sight on American waterways, as hunters and fishers supplemented agriculture with their game. One of these waterways lies outside the modern city of Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, where an underground stream connects the nearby Kawartha Lakes. Yet for all the area's natural beauty, the most remarkable thing may be a flat marble stone. It is here known as the Teaching Rocks that a thousand years ago the Anishinaabe people carved their stories into stone. Among these images on these rocks are six winged figures, depicting the creatures known as Thunderbirds. Twenty-eight snake images surround them, along with one dragon-like creature called the Great Horned Serpent. They're engaged in what the Boston University scholars Joan and Romas Vastokas describe as a great battle with the Thunderbirds fighting off the serpents as they emerge from the cracks below and guarding against the great horned serpent. And while these drawings in stone would be impressive enough on their own, what is more remarkable is that these Thunderbirds are found at many sites across the Northeast, always near water and always outnumbered. The glyphs tell of a protective spirit defending against the dangers which lurk below the surface. Harriet Converse, an Irish-American woman adopted by the Iroquois, tells one of these stories. Gunnodoya, the son of a chief, found and challenged a horned snake monster in Lake Ontario. 
Gunnodoya tried to shoot and kill the creature, he was seized by the monster and taken down to the bottom of the lake. A thunderbird, mortal enemy of the serpent, found the monster sleeping in a deep cave under the water, killed it, and removed the still-living Gunnodoya from its body. The young man is saved from the dark depths by the Thunderbird in an act of grace from above. And the Thunderbird's protection was understood to extend far beyond sea and lake monsters. Small totems have been found across the Northeast, reminiscent of how one might carry a pendant of a guardian angel. The Canadian First Nations poet Norval Morisot tells of the battle between higher and lower forces within himself in his own struggle with alcohol addiction. A man rides on the wings of a thunderbird. The man's body below is hunger. He is always hunger for the sweet flesh of the vine. The man prays for repentance. It does no good. When the sun goes down, he goes out of his mind with appetite. He slides along the ground into anything and dreams for his thunderbird spirit to come in for the kill. The man wants to destroy this body that has a mind of its own. He begins with three dots of yellow for eyes. Thunderbird, man, snake, begins with creation, sky world, world, underworld. Morisot prays for a divine spirit to free him from the depths of his addiction, just as the young Iroquois is saved by the Thunderbird from the belly of the serpent. This shows a deeply personal connection to the Thunderbird, a hope in something greater than oneself, perhaps not unlike that felt by the ancient Native Americans who carried totems in their pockets centuries ago. Yet as we will see, it is not only at the individual level that this great creature is told to act. Travel as far west from these sites as you can, and you will still find the Thunderbird. But rather than in watery depths, Thunderbirds on the Pacific coast are found at the tops of totem poles. And unlike the individual guardians of the east, northwestern Thunderbird stories focus on the bird's relationship with society as a whole. The Chinook Natives of the area around modern-day Portland, Oregon, tell of how the first humans hatched from the eggs of a thunderbird. And aside from birthing society, a number of northwest coast cultures tell stories in which the thunderbird is taking society under its wing and providing for it. A Quileute legend tells of a time when the course of nature is disrupted, 
as the whale, tired of sacrificing itself for humanity's sake, decides that it will no longer face death. This break in the circle of life predictably has drastic consequences. Without the whale, the people have no food, no oils, and live a bleak, hopeless life. The people's chief goes to commune with the Great Spirit, telling his people that if the Spirit wills, they will live a good, long life, and that if the Spirit does not will that, then they will die bravely. When the chief makes his prayer, all is silent and dark in the night. Suddenly, the stillness is broken with a flash of lightning and a crack of thunder. The people look up to see an otherworldly bird. With each flap of its wings, it brings thunder and great winds. Lightning shoots as it opens and closes its eyes, and storm clouds follow behind it. The thunderbird flies off, as if to a battle, returning in time with a great whale to feed the people. From then on, even to this day, Northwestern fishers have painted Thunderbirds on their boats, and the whale has come to be revered for its sacrifice, just as much as the buffalo are by the cultures of the plains. Even today, the Thunderbird is an especially popular symbol among traditional cultures of the Northwest. The story of the Thunderbird and the Whale shows the importance of following the laws and cycles of nature by presenting a drastic, revolutionary force that corrects when, out of selfishness, one refuses to accept one's responsibility to society and the world. What is perhaps the most cryptic tale of the Thunderbird, however, comes from the Great Plains, from the people commonly known as Sioux by outsiders, but more properly called Lakota. The Lakota medicine man John Fire Lame Deer tells of a creature named Wakinyan Tanka, meaning Great Holy Wings, which lived at the top of Black Elk Peak in South Dakota in the days when the Black Hills were still wild, but now lives somewhere unreachable at the farthest ends of the earth. Describing the Thunderbird is nearly impossible, as even medicine men and visionaries can only ever see one part at a time. Yet, while no one has ever seen a Thunderbird's body, one can see its claws. While no one has ever seen its face, one can see the tip of its beak. And while no one has ever looked into its eyes, one can see the lightning that flashes out of them. All of these aspects that show that like an angel or other mysterious force, the Thunderbird is hard to understand can be seen and recognized by its actions in the world. The Thunderbird, Lame Deer tells, is a guardian of truth. 
Though thunderbirds are known to strike liars with their lightning bolts, overall they are quite friendly to people. Quite unlike the thunderbird in this regard is the great horned serpent, the subject of a story set in ancient times. In this legend, the serpent seeks to end humanity and joins with its children to block the rivers and flood the world. The great thunderbird is protective of humans as they are the source of the prayers it receives. So the thunderbird and its children set off to battle the serpents and save humanity. As the flock of thunderbirds swoops down from above, they find that they're quite weak on ground level, where the slithering, creeping creatures find themselves at home. So the birds fly high into the sky, firing lightning at the serpents from a distance. Now, as you may have guessed, seeing as you are a human and are most likely listening to this on dry land right now, this strategy works out well for the Thunderbirds. The Great Serpent is vanquished, with only the smallest of its children able to escape and survive as modern snakes. It is said that the bones of the Great Serpent are so large that they blend in with the mountains of the Dakota Badlands. And so, in this tale, existence itself is preserved by the grace of a far-off higher force. These three stories from three wildly different parts of North America demonstrate harmonious themes with similar symbols across different levels of understanding. In all three cases, the Thunderbird battles a creature lurking below. To some, the prize in the fight is a single human life. In others, it is the continuation of society. And to others still, existence itself is on the line. Yet, we can see that for a creature that is so mysterious at first glance, the connections people have made with Thunderbirds can be deeply personal. At the highest, most abstract level, the Thunderbird suggests that humanity is cared for and valued among the cosmos. For the peoples of the Pacific Northwest, the higher power represented by the Thunderbird is recognized to have the ability to save society or in the case of the whale, which tried to ignore its place in the cycle, drastically and revolutionarily correct it. Yet for many, the most useful understanding may be at the individual level, as seen in the Guardians of the Northeast. In this sense, the Thunderbird can represent something higher than oneself, be it a protecting spirit a virtuous ideal, or something as simple and human as love. It is this Thunderbird that rescues the unprepared potential hero from the belly of the beast, and upon which Norval Morisot calls to rescue him from writhing in the dark depths of addiction. 
Yet one detail of the battle on the Great Plains should be remembered even on the personal level. That fighting in low places favors the snakes over the Thunderbird. With this comes a lesson. When we encounter something higher than ourselves, presenting itself to save us from our struggles, we must not drag it down, but rather seek to raise ourselves up. Thank you for joining in this study of Thunderbird symbolism across Native American media, stories, and cultures in time. This has been a lot of research. There's a lot of great resources out there, but compiling them all together took quite some time, so I really hope you enjoyed. If something really stood out to you, let me know. Um, I'd love to hear what you say in the comments. If you enjoyed this, consider giving a like, a subscribe, rating on your podcast app, or even supporting us on Patreon with links in the description. There are plenty of cool rewards and exclusive content there. In the meantime, I think for our next episode, we'll be returning to our ancient Greek comfort zone, so we can get one out a little bit quicker this time. <laughs> it has been my pleasure. Wishing you all the best. <laughs>